Hello and welcome to Connected by Life. I am your host, Sean Paul Harrison. Connected by Life was created to give it insight and have engaging conversations on topics that impact our physicians and our healthcare workers. Today's episode is one of a three-part series. The first part is gonna be light workers. It's a day in the life that gives life. And really what we wanna talk about is how the physicians and the clinical staff, how they're involved in, in, in helping families that have experienced loss and walking them through that journey and the impact that they have. Our first guest today is Dr. Dyke Drummond, someone I'm privileged to know. Dr. Dyke Drummond is the CEO of HappyMD.com. He's also the author of Stop Physician Burnout. He's a leader, an entrepreneur, a mentor, and a dear friend. Hey, Sean Paul. I just wanted to mention, and I know that you and I have talked about this before, but you and I, we met seven years ago in Seattle, Washington at a conference. And here we are today. And, you know, one of the things that we started was these monthly calls when we really started getting into some really big topics on how physicians and hospital partners, how they played into the process of whether it was donation or supporting families. So, you know, what I wanted to do with you was just kind of revisit these conversations. Well, you always have to start when you're talking about working with doctors and nurses and people who work in the medical industry. I have to start with the fact that we're light workers. I always start with that. What I mean is that all of us at some point in time stood at a choice point, like a for- imagine a fork in the road. And at that fork in the road, you had the choice to go to medical school or nursing school or basically anything else. You knew it was an extraordinary choice because most of your friends didn't follow you because they knew it was going to be long and difficult. And you chose it because you had an urge to be a helper and a healer Uh, someone who makes a difference and has purpose and meaning in their life and in the way that they make a living. So I call that being a light worker, meaning you're allied to the forces of light in the universe as we battle specific forces of darkness, illness, suffering, death, dying, and family members crazed attempts to deal with those things. And then I met you and we were talking in the the framework of uh, the kinds of things that happened that set up the gift of life, that set up the donation scenario. And it's just, for me, it's just a pure expression of what it means to be supporting the forces of light in a difficult time. Well, I think more than more than ever, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's important for, for us to recognize and also remind everyone that is a part of this because of the climate that we're faced with right now, of whether it's burnout or, you know, of course, COVID and everything else, that, you know, that they don't get lost in, in the process and the important part that they play. So, you know, I'm really excited to get a, a physician's perspective on that. And, you know, what are, what are some thoughts that you have as far as for when you're dealing with that acute time of a family going through losing, having that discussion? Yeah, the challenge is always to deal with the emotions in that moment, because obviously for everybody that's involved in any way with the, the patient, with the family, with the incident that brought them into the healthcare system in the first place, be it in the emergency room or anywhere else, overwhelming emotions. And those of us that are in healthcare have to learn how to acknowledge those, but step through them. One of the things we say as physicians is in an emergency, what's the first thing you do? And the answer is take your own pulse and remember to stay calm and do everything that you can uh, to stabilize and to 
to treat and transport the patient to wherever it is that they need to, to go. And then when it turns out that um, what's happening is a situation that is rare, fortunately, not so rare for some people, because emergency room doctors and intensivists and, and uh, trauma surgeons see a lot more desperately ill people than a regular doctor would. But at some point in time, it becomes clear that we're going to need to shift what we're doing from saving a life to stabilizing the patient in a situation where it's not clear whether the patient will make it. Right. And one of the things that, you know, you know, I had discussed is, is really slowing things down a little bit. You know, we're talking about a lot of different things going on as far as for, you know, obviously the, uh, the potential loss of the patient for, you know, the, the family and being able to understand the information that's being provided to them from you as a physician and being able to absorb it and understand it before we move on to any other conversation or decision-making. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the timing of, of those conversations? What you've told me is that in a situation where emotions are flying around everywhere, the family is looking at a family member who was brought into the hospital. And we always all have the expectation that everything's going to be okay. And that that we're going to have the doctors do something and I'm going to be taking my brother, my sister, my wife, my my daughter, my my family member home with me. And in the moments when that becomes in doubt for both the doctors and the nurses, the respiratory therapists, all the caregivers and every member of the family, it's a whirlwind. It's an emotional pendulum that is swinging very fast and very wide. Because under normal circumstances, if you're losing a loved one, it doesn't happen in a matter of hours or days. It happens over time and you have a chance to adjust. And um, one of the things that the healthcare providers, doctors and the nurses have to deal with is their sense of, of shame and guilt and, and failure in this particular situation. And the family has to deal with just their sense of mortality and passing. There's so much going on that it's really easy to get ahead of the conversation. And it's really important to be able to carve out some time and some space for the family to begin to cope, for the doctors and nurses to begin to cope before we move on to discussions about things like donation. You know, one of the things we were talking about is, you know, the loss, you brought it up, is recognizing that, you know, for these physicians. And one of the things that, you know, that I've heard over the years is that, you know, that doctors don't care, you know, that as far as for that emotional aspect of things. And I don't believe that to be true. And I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the only one, but, you know, there's a vulnerability there, but they're also trying to be strong for that family. And also, like you said, you know, they're, they're dealing with something on the inside. So um, I can't imagine what it's like for you all to, to deliver that news. And I think that you had talked about it one time is going in the room and, and dropping a bomb in the middle of the room and then having the expectation to walk out, you know, and how that may feel for you all uh, and then continuing to support that family. Well, and it's a situation that um, it's impossible to practice. <laughs> there's there's no way that you can recreate the emotions in the setting where you would practice this conversation. 
it's a situation where the doctors, doctors are trained to not show emotion because in our training, if we show emotion, if we cry, sometimes that can be interpreted as a sign of weakness as we come up through the training system. And um, it is something where you do have to maintain a professional um, demeanor for the family. Um, although, you know, I will hug people and hold on to them and cry if that's appropriate in the moment. But that's not true of somebody who's a who's a veteran trauma surgeon or intensivist. But um, yeah, you have to be able to slow things down. And I always think in terms of yes, and it's important to acknowledge the emotions, feel the emotions, and continue to do what you need to do to stabilize the patient and to go through the progression of testing and other things that has to happen before we can tell the family what to expect next. One of the things, you know, this was brought up to me yesterday, um, so I can't take credit for it, but in those conversations as a doctor, when you're having and delivering the news, you know, I know that sometimes it's hard to retain that information as a family. Either someone else will go in the room and ask them, you know, what, what did the doctor tell you? What do you understand? And it's really difficult for them to be able to replay that, um, you know, that was, that was given to them. And so there's, you know, a consistency in, in that before we move on. Yeah, there needs to be patience. You need to be willing to repeat what you said. There needs to be love. There needs to be a sense of holding and nurturing and comforting because the chance that somebody's going to hear that you just told them that their family member is not going to make it. And yet your family member is still there. They're still there in the bed, probably hooked up to a bunch of machines you've never seen in your life. So to be able to hear that conversation and process it in all of its glory and in all of its emotions is a difficult thing to do. So sometimes those conversations take some time. And that's what's important at this point is making some time available for people to process what's happening. Well, Dr. Drummond, we're just getting into this topic. I know this is the uh, first episode of a series of three. So thank you for being here with us and uh, we'll continue this conversation. Thank you very much. You bet. It was great to have this time today with Dr. Dyke Drummond. And if anyone would like to see or hear more about him, you can visit his website at thehappymd.com. And also he has a podcast, Physicians on Purpose. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor at any time at registerme.org. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Connected by Life on any of your favorite podcast apps. And always remember, you're a light worker. Keep shining. This is a production of LOPA. The content in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not intended to substitute for professional medical advice. To read our full disclaimer, please visit our website. The Connected by Life podcast is hosted by myself, Sean Paul Harrison. Our executive producer is Kirsten Heinz. Our production assistant is Chandra Williams. And we are recorded, engineered, and mixed in our Covington, Louisiana studio by Troy Perez.